welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. Each week it's games, news, and more from the classics to the current gen as we explore gaming's infinite ever-changing landscape. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but this is a special, like, week for this here podcast of ours, Robert. Why is it special? I'm glad you asked, because a few days after this episode comes out, and this episode will come out on uh, August 30th of 2023, um, on September 2nd of 2023, it is the official third year anniversary of this here podcast, Markers on the Map. Oh. Three years. <laughs> you lying. Three whole years, like, wow. <laughs> and 140 that, episodes so far. <laughs> that quick? Three years already? Yeah, dude, I was looking at the calendar, I'm like, wait a second. And I know we've had a few breaks in between milestone episodes, but, like, to have 140 episodes and three years down as of this episode, I think is pretty impressive. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of speechless, honestly. Whoa, three years. Honestly, sometimes like, oh, I look okay. back and I'm like, wait a second, what did we talk about? What did we talk three? about? <laughs> there are so many games we've covered on this podcast and Here's so many more yet to come. Yeah, it's like we've covered a lot, I guess, in three years. But at the same time, I just think we've just like scratched. And I mean, like, I'm not talking about we've made a hole. I'm talking about we just like made the tiniest scratch of like of what stuff we can talk about. Yes, there are specials oh, wow. that we've had in mind since before we started the podcast that we actually haven't gotten to yet because yeah. of all the news that's come out. Look, when we started this podcast, like the Activision Blizzard thing with Microsoft wasn't a thing yet. Like the Bethesda thing, I think might have been a thing or it was just getting started. Like mm-hmm. the ninth gen consoles weren't out yet, so the Switch was still the newest thing. Uh-huh. Uh It's wild to think about. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so I was thinking about like all the stuff we like obviously we did a couple of test episodes back in 2020 before the first episode came out and those are like hidden lost archived episodes of markers on the map that won't get posted um but i was thinking just in the theme of what we're going to be talking about in today's episode which is armored core 6 um we had an episode in the test episodes where we talked about uh really hard boss fights or like Mm. hard difficulty based games that we've played and I realized, thinking about, oh my god, we've done three years of Markers on the Map so far. We never actually really talked about Sekiro. Like, we brought it up here and there, but we never had the full-on discussion that we had back in I, that test episode. <laughs> I think it was just the moment of we... The game came out before we even started, so I think Yes, it was about a year just, before. We just went on to new things. That's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, I remember our test episodes, we did some Nintendo sales figures, we did the uh, PS5 reveal thing that they did, that was a test episode, and then hard difficulty games or boss fights was one. So in the future, we probably still will do like a a boss fights episode. Um, Uh I've been thinking about bringing that concept back ever since um, playing Final Fantasy XVI a few months ago. Um, But yeah, Sekiro, um, we're going to actually, I'm going to compare it 
to Armored Core in today's mm-hmm. episode because Armored Core 6 and Sekiro share a combat designer. So a lot of the tricks from Sekiro are kind of like showing themselves once again in Armored Core 6, which is the newest release from From Software. <laughs> in addition to that, there was something else I wanted to bring up. Oh, mm-hmm. in regards to us like covering things for, for three years now. For the first time... We will have a big game that is just like, and it's funny to think about this. In in the three years we've done this so far, we have pretty much had access to cover like the biggest games, um, and we will continue to have access to like covering the biggest games with just the Switch and the the PS Five. Um, but I was thinking about Starfield, which comes out in like a couple weeks, or maybe even a week and a half or something. That's the first time. That's the first big, massive like game that thousands of people will talk about that we haven't that we won't be able to cover because neither of us play on xbox or pc i just thought that was funny to to have that be the only one in all this time that i can't just say oh let's go pick up a copy of like whatever the next big game is like death loop or spider-man or something like that i think sometime in the near future i would like for us to like sit down and play maybe some quick like games especially like not like over chat but just physically sit down because i think oh yeah a lot of good content when we just sort of play the same thing but we understand because we're playing at the same time yeah but what was gonna go with this i was gonna go with the idea of i don't know it's it's more or less that i don't know if we would ever like purposely choose not to play the new stuff it's just more or less we're more of on the boat of we just want to play things we want to realistically play. Yeah. We don't mind trying new things, but it's just sort of we want to talk about, I guess, our experience with things we've already done or things we're looking forward to. Yeah, so we tend to do that. Like, we don't really talk about strategy games on here that much. Um, yeah. Like, sometimes I'll try, like, an Advance Wars here or there. Um, but it's really, like, we don't have access to Starfield at all to even attempt yeah. to try it. <laughs> so, that, like, I, it's funny that that's, like, the first time it's happening. Because I know there's other big Xbox exclusives like Forza, but those are racing games. Those are a genre that we talk about on here, like, ad nauseum sometimes with all the racing games that come out. You know, <laughs> what's funny is that I'm playing, I, I picked up my old 360. Like, I, I have it hooked up, but I was like, I want to play some Need for Speed. I don't know what it is. But racing games from like the two thousands, dude, to I'm telling you, they like, hit hard. <laughs> they they hit different. Like they're so, they're just so good. So I'm like, you know what? I want to play Need for Speed games. Like I don't want to play Most Wanted. I might say that for an episode, like where we play it and yeah. we can finally talk about it. But I said, let me play Carbon because Carbon's a sequel, and I have that. I've been playing uh, Need for Speed Carbon. Yeah, dude, and like Ridge Racer Five, which I oh. picked up earlier this year that I played on, on your PS3 because my PS2 is not running the disc. Like that's see? a classic 2000s racing game. Look, I I get it now. Why when the Vita was when the PS3 was announced, Ridge, Ri- come on now, Ridge yeah. Racer. I get it. Like oh, I I actually get it. Why it was exciting. Ridge Racer actually like, is a really fun game. Four and five are like probably going to be somewhere on my top ten plays this year. They're that good. Um, mm-hmm. And like. I was going to bring this up last week. I forgot to. Uh, I recently acquired a copy of the legendary PlayStation 1 classic Wipeout 3 featuring the Mm. song Expander by DJ Sasha. And let me tell you, the tears that came out of my eyes when I booted that up. Oh, God. (laughs) Here's a question. Is this still our intro? Yes. (laughs) 
what? We there was another this. point hidden in there somewhere, but I completely forgot. Oh, I remember it now. Um, speaking of things, we're gonna probably be playing um like couch co-op style soon. Um, some Mario Kart DLC. Hopefully, we'll get that in before mm-hmm. 150. But Turtles is getting an expansion, like the day after this episode goes up i think and Mm. i think that's something that we need to really delve into because it looks like such a just massive update for that game like maybe even more than the the uh dotty move streets of rage 4 dlc which was a fantastic you know expansion this looks like it's adding so much so many new ways to go through levels with different color palettes and characters two new characters i think and then like the the challenge mode which is probably similar to to streets of rage so those are Mm -hmm. two things that we definitely want to um get on in in terms of couch co-op stuff and like you said some racing games some classic need for speed and wipeout and all that good stuff yeah anyway yes that takes care of the intro (laughs) this is markers on the map the weekly podcast gaming adventure where armored core is part of the menu today as well as a few news items and maybe a few other games because you know lost judgment and all that Uh, my name is daniel and i'm here with my good friend and co-host robert to whom the question still remains how you doing uh i'm super tired uh that's pretty much it i'm just tired and more i don't know it's just i haven't had time to play much i know there's a new season of fortnite i did like dabble into that last night it did like maybe a game or two which maybe have a funny moment where i was confused why there were some people who oh, so when you want to give them a fortnight you get these things called crowns you get a crown you know you oh, can, just like fall guys yeah and if you get crowns and you keep them you learn you get a little bit more xp and then you can get sort of like a a talent like a, a, a number system to let you know how many games you've won with the crown so it's kind of like a win indicator like how many games have you won but for some reason i don't know why in my mind for a short moment i said why does everyone on here seems to have crowns this season just dropped my thinking was the game doesn't exist until i play it which for i said wait no that makes no sense why do i think that I don't know why I had the idea that this game doesn't exist or people don't play until I get on it. Well, I'm sure there's somebody on Fortnite right now, <laughs> and That's I haven't saying. particularly I started this season. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. It's just like because like the second I thought, I said, "No, wait, wait." That's dumb. I was like, "What am I thinking?" Like, I don't know. I guess it's just kind of like I'm still not used to the idea of like I'm still used to single play- player based games, so it's just kind of like. Why does this thing still progress even though I'm not on it? But it's like it's a, it's a live service. It's a it's a it's a living thing. It, it can it'll continue on with or without me. It's the Street Fighter thing of like I bought this game on day one. How come everybody online is so good already? Those those are veterans right there. They ain't, <laughs> they ain't those are just veterans playing. Yeah, people who spent too much time in the beta. <laughs> That's Oof. cool though. I saw that they added Ahsoka to uh, Fortnite or they're going to or whatever. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. assuming you have to get the battle pass to you get have her to and get I, yeah. the battle pass in order to get, she's a bonus. She's not part uh, of the regular battle pass. She's sort of like the mid-season battle pass skin that you can use to unlock. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm down for a battle pass right now, but I don't know. Maybe if Ahsoka is easy enough to well, get. Well, you don't like, have to complete the battle pass to get Ahsoka. Ahsoka will just be kind of its own like mini challenges you can do. Oh, separate, apart okay. So, so like you don't like, have to. Yeah, you don't have to. They're not do, adding like, pages on or something. Well, it's a page system, but it's more or less like they'll drop her midway through the season, 
and oh, they'll okay. just drop challenges, and if you complete them, you'll unlock Ahsoka after. So it's simple, like maybe there'll be like a Star Wars event, like collect, you know, a, yeah. a, a, a blaster, and you know, deal two hundred damage on a person or something like that. Like they'll do things like okay, that. Okay, so it it won't be tied to like the tiers of the battle pass then. No. Okay, then it ends up being cheaper than most skins are if you just buy the battle pass to get one, like Ahsoka. That ends up, yeah. I think, being cheaper than most skins you'd get, like most crossover skins, because I've noticed some of them are like 1500 As you can yeah. see, I've been looking at yeah, the yeah. item shop and saying, oh, this is too much for, for a skin in a game I play very rarely. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool. I'm doing all right. Yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Uh yeah, no, nothing too remarkable, uh, except for, like, Armored Core. I actually, um, to my surprise, uh, played through Lost Judgment last week. Um, I had started it when we were, were recording last week, and, you know, by the beginning of this week, I'd finished it. it. took about 18 hours. It's funny to see your total completion at 9.6%, because I played on mm-hmm. simple, because I wanted to see the story. Um, and, like, I did almost no side content, which for a, a game in the Like a Dragon series or, you know, Like a Dragon adjacent is kind of, like, funny because I'm sure a lot of it is good. Um, I yeah. might have some thoughts on that here pretty soon, but I think the main event for today um, is Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon. This is our earliest talking about a new release in a while. This is this is, this is going to be all you. I have no idea where I'm—I'm I'm not going to be able to say really much anything. Well, let me enlighten you on the world of Armored let, Core, because this is enlight- my first one. <laughs> let enlighten me? Yes. Uh, all so, right. My prior experience with Armored Core 4 has been discussed on this podcast, because Armored Core 4 was a PS3 game that came out in 07, I think, and it was mm-hmm. on the GameStop demo kiosks for PS3. So I would go in and I would have a blast pretty much zipping around to like air boosting with my robot and shooting at things and proceeding to lose the mission because I had no clue what I was doing. Um, so that is my prior experience with the series before playing this new one. Literally just messing around on a GameStop kiosk, Armored Core 4. So Armored Core is from From Software who... You know, their recent output has some of the greatest games ever made in it, at least according to people who have played them in reviews. We have Bloodborne, um, we have uh, Elden Ring, and Sekiro. All of those games have come out since the last Armored Core game, which was Armored Core Verdict Day for the PS3 in 2013. Mm -hmm. So this cross-gen PS4, PS5 Armored Core is also the first one on the PS4. Um, So it has been 10 years. Since then, From has made its name doing, like, the Souls-like genre. Um, you had Demon Souls and Dark Souls beforehand. Then you have things like Dark Souls 2 and 3. And then, of course, the three high, like, heavy hitters that I mentioned um, beforehand. And I have played all of these games. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of familiar with how From works. Am I the best at these games? Absolutely not. Probably but not I will best. say I've platinumed Elden Ring, Sekiro, and Bloodborne, so <laughs> I, I think I'm okay. <laughs> I, I, I feel I I feel that like on such a personal where it's like, am I the best at the games? Probably not. I'm probably not the best at it. But hey, I I did uh like Mega Saw Three. I ain't the best at it, but yeah. I, but I played it. <laughs> but you did platinum it. Um, I think Sekiro is probably the hardest one because in Elden Ring and Bloodborne, you can bring in people to help you out. But Sekiro mm-hmm. is mostly, it's, it, you can pause in that game, but the trade-off is that you are solo the entire way through. And Sekiro is a game that demands you play it the way it wants you to play it, not the way you think you want to play it. 
Um, mm-hmm. Armored Core, like I said, the sixth entry shares a combat designer with Sekiro. Um, so there is a there's an element here of this game is single player only. There is a mm-hmm. there is a multiplayer versus mode, but there is no co op. You it is you against whatever the game wants to throw at you, and in a way, it, it's like Sekiro in that like there's an aggressive element to it. The game wants you to be aggressive when you think you should be dodging to the left or right or backwards. You should be dodging forwards. You should head straight into that missile fire and take a few points of damage just to get in close and use your sword against an enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's not exactly how you'd think you'd play a game like this because a lot of boss fights is like, even going back to something like Mega Man on the on the NES, like it's pattern recognition. You um, have a set like jump pattern and shot pattern that enemies or bosses are taking and it's your job to kind of like memorize that or at least get comfortable with like positioning and stuff in armored core that's like part of it but i feel like the game just really wants you to accept the fact that you're going to take damage just like dark souls wants you to accept the fact that you're going to lose a bunch of times um so with that in mind I feel like having played the other From Software games does put you in a more comfortable mindset, especially Sekiro, with like attacking bosses in this game especially. Like don't worry, don't waste your time dodging from a distance because it's just too much coming at you all at once. We'll talk about a boss that shoots like no less than 10,000 missiles at you at once from all directions. There's just no dodging that. There's just mm-hmm. going you know, full force going front and, you know, attacking the boss. Um, but that's a little ahead of, of where we're going to start here. Um, the story revolves around this energy substance on the planet Rubicon called Coral. And it's kind of set up to where, like, corporations are fighting over it. And there is a liberation front on the planet that is fighting against the corporations. Mm-hmm. And your character is kind of like a independent contractor, um, and he's working for a guy named Chandler Walter, and it, it's almost like you're playing all sides. So you're you're doing missions for a group called Archibus. You're doing missions for Balam, who is their like direct rivals, and then you're doing a few missions for the Liberation Front. You've also got like a voice in your head called uh, I think it's called Ire or something like that, and she's kind of guiding you through different missions as well. Mm-hmm. The story is impersonal in a way that feels like having never played the series i understand that it is like a super serious thing um just from the story of this there are no faces it is you you are getting messages through call signs and emblems and they are just talking to you um your character doesn't talk and you don't actually see any characters you just hear their voices some of them have a bombastic personality and some of them are like drop dead serious and you um, just get these mission briefings from them. Some of them are like, yeah, we need you to get down here, call sign G13. And then some are like, uh, it is of the utmost importance that you go and destroy this so that the other group doesn't get to it. Stuff like that. So like tonally, you see that you are just kind of like, it's almost like you are the machine. You're a machine that's being told to do things for whoever. And it seems oddly disconnected in the fact that it doesn't seem like 
the people that are talking to actually care about who's piloting the armored core, the mech. Yeah. Um, so that's basic plot setup. It, it, it doesn't really change, but I'm seeing a few things that are kind of like starting to become interesting in the plot. But I, I think the plot is secondary. So the way this game works is first there's a tutorial. And this is where mm-hmm. a lot of people's biggest challenge with the game is coming from. The tutorial, the thing that meant yes. to teach you everything. Yes, and it's a doozy. Um, so usually in a FromSoft game, like Elden Ring, the most recent example, there will be a tutorial, and then at the end of the tutorial, there's a boss. Mm-hmm. And the boss can kill you in like one or two hits. And then you don't have to fight that boss. In Armored Core, you go through a relatively easy tutorial about learning how to move and shoot your weapons and all that. Then this helicopter comes out. And let me tell you, when it took me like 40 minutes to beat this helicopter in the tutorial it's not <laughs> a lose it's not a lose on purpose battle you legitimately have to beat this this helicopter that okay. takes you out in like three hits and it's so hard to oh. take out like th- i've been seeing complaints about this online i'm like i cannot be the only one who's struggling with this helicopter and it's funny because the next like two or three hours of game after this helicopter are incredibly easy <laughs> It almost feels like beating the helicopter gives you the reward of, like, being able to just do the basic go in and destroy these mechs that take, like, two hit missions for an hour or two. Um, But I guess the helicopter, like, forces you to learn everything you need to, to do in order to, like, be competent at the control system. But at the same time, I also feel like it went zero to 100, like, in a mean way. Like okay, I got you on that. Like, it, like the fact that I was like banging my head against the wall against this helicopter for forty Oof. minutes was like, and then everything after it seemed very easy. Um, so you you have missions after that where you're like, you know, go here, destroy this, you know, set of five things that take like a couple hits, and just get comfortable with the controls. Um, there's some training missions that teach you about the different parts you can equip. Like you can equip like tank parts, you can equip quad legs, you can equip, uh, legs that are like backwards. So you get, you know, higher jumps, um, different boosters. So you can do quick boosts in succession. There's a variety of different weapon types and use the triggers and the shoulder buttons in this game for all your weapons. So I am like definitely holding the controller in a, in a, different way than any other game i've played except um the switch's demon x machina which is obviously inspired by armored core mm-hmm. but doing something like that on joy cons is a lot less comfortable than you know pressing all four shoulder buttons on a on a ps5 controller um so you have these missions and then eventually bosses will start to show up and my god like this game like even coming <laughs> off of souls the bosses in this game are just wild um because it adds that element of well i got to a boss but what if my weapons are wrong so Uh this game doesn't have a difficulty selection like every other FromSoft game in modern memory um but it does have guides you can look at online or -hmm. suggestions or videos so before going up against the first the chapter one boss I was like, okay, it's a really long level before it, and there's checkpoints, but I really don't want to have to play the level again. What weapon should I be bringing in? Mm-hmm. Um, so just before that, there's a boss that shows up that's like a like a shielded tank thing, 
and it's kind of like zipping around on wheels basically trying to run you over but it's also shooting missiles out and then you've got like oh i should use vertical missiles for this like vertical launching missiles and then it'll mm-hmm. like auto lock on because everything in this game is auto lock on um so you don't have to worry about like aiming a reticle or anything you just have to worry about dodging a hundred things at once um and like you can take care of that boss like that it'll teach you about shields in front of the boss that you know your weapons can't you know get through um obviously if you're using something heavy but i've like I've been, like, really into using the melee weapon uh, on mm. my left hand because um, it does a lot of damage and you can get, like, a stagger bar on your, uh, you know, opponents and everything. Um, but this first boss is, like, it's a Sekiro moment for sure because this thing is flying through the air. I think it's, like, Batalos or something like that. Um, it, it's, 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 like, this floating hovercraft thing and it shoots a wave of missiles in, like, a circular arc in the front of it and then a circular arc to the left and a circular arc to the right. And these are all homing missiles. Mm -hmm. So naturally, the response would be to, like, try to dodge these uh, with your dodge boosts as they come in. But this is where that whole dodging forward comes. Like, in in a Souls game, rolling into the boss is often more effective than rolling to the side or away from the boss because Mm -hmm. they've usually got a giant weapon that will do, like, an arc swing right in front of you. This is no different. The only thing that's different about this is that you are flying in the sky like half the time. So it, it's easy enough to get through and get some hits in. But then there's where this this other layer comes in. Um, customization. If you fail at a checkpoint, you can obviously recustomize your armored core to mm-hmm. try new weapons or whatever. You can't go buy new weapons though. So this is where it's important mm. to it. It's like if you're somebody like me who doesn't want to replay the level if it's like that long to know what to have beforehand um so with this particular boss the chapter one boss i read that you need to have plasma weapons so i'm like okay great my my sword is a plasma weapon and then i have or i purchased yeah like plasma like energy plasma (laughs) like spawn level plasma because that's all i think about i mean it is green (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so I picked up two of the plasma guns, and then I think I got the the the. I've been using these rockets on my back. I'm not sure what they're actually uh-huh. called. I think they're plasma rockets, but they shoot out like ten of them at once, and they home in on the opponent. Because this boss has a plasma shield, and mm-hmm. the only way to take it down quickly is to use plasma attacks against it. So here I was, you know not wanting to run into a wall they're like dude seriously just equip the plasma weapons they might not be as good in the in the mission beforehand but they're definitely going to help with the boss um Mm -hmm. so it still took maybe like 10 or 12 tries because he will recharge the shield and once you get him halfway through in from software fashion there'll be new attacks or new phases where he's swinging this like flame whip around like going nuts um, the, the, the thing was though, I ran out of ammo from the plasma cannons before the battle was over. Mm. So I was like, oh my God, what do I do? I was like shaking. I was like, okay, if I wait long enough for the sword to recharge, I can go in for a quick hit, shoot the missiles out. And I was like sh- struggling with it. I was like dodging. It, it was like a third eye moment, a real Sekiro moment for sure. Where you're just <laughs> like, oh my God, I going up and down and like, it was like, <laughs> someone else was playing the game and i and i got the last hit in i was like oh my god (laughs) it's like exhilarating 
but yeah, that's the that's the way this first boss has been going for people. Like, I've heard people getting stuck on it for like two hours, four hours. I'm like, I cannot put myself through a boss no. on that level again. Alfather and and uh, Sword Saint on on Sekiro. With the last time, it took me four hours to beat a boss. So, like, luckily this one took me f- about forty minutes as well. Um, there's one afterwards that's like a like a cleaning robot that's uh, like a bigger version of the Juggernaut um, that I did, you know, relatively fast. Um, and then the one I just did is another one that's giving people problems. It's like the the sea spider. Um, mm-hmm. It's another one where it's just like. Just get in and be as aggressive as possible because this guy is shooting a million things at you at once. Don't get hit by a million things. Choose to get hit by like 20 of them and take like 50 points of damage because it's fine. You do have three heals per try. So mm-hmm. if you if you lose a mission, you'll, you'll have the option to respawn at a checkpoint. So no matter which checkpoint you respawn at, even if it's right in front of the boss, you will have full ammo, full health, full shields whatever um but you will lose money you could have earned on the mission by not only if you retried like i think there's a base amount they take away if you retry but how much ammo you use um so if you can get through a mission without using or consuming as much ammo obviously the payout will be higher but it the money hasn't been an issue with me so far um i believe in the older armored core games you can lose like all your money and maybe even more than all of your money so you end up having Mm -hmm. to like be in the negative so like thankfully there's some qll stuff here versus older entries that sound like you know a step ahead um customization is like it's incredible like i don't know any other word to use for it besides the fact that like every little teeny bit of paint on these things can be changed you can choose how much shine is to it how much weathering is on it every color known to man you can make really detailed emblems you can share everything with people online um but what i'm having a bit of trouble getting used to is like the actual like part customization like certain Mm -hmm. things will affect certain attributes or make certain weapons work better and it's very dense um and crunchy in a way that like demon x machina uh, reminds me of except in demon x machina it just seemed like you were getting random loot thrown at you like 10 or 20 pieces at a time whereas in armored core 6 it feels like there is a finite amount of parts you can buy because you're not just picking them off of robots you're just buying the parts so it's like okay i have the grenade launcher on my right arm I can have the same grenade launcher on my left arm, but I cannot have a duplicate of that grenade launcher mm-hmm. like purchased from the shop. So your inventory will never have things that are like repeats of something Double, else. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, for the that same is a bit arm. Annoying. Yeah. Like I, you can I, have I, the same weapon on your sh- on both shoulders, but you can't have two of them it on on each shoulder's menu selection. If that makes sense. I re- I really do think most games should really implement a system where it's like. It'll tell you if there's a dupl- if you already own an item where it's a duplicate, or it's yeah. just like get rid of it, or not be able to purchase it or sell it right away. If yeah, it's a same one for one duplicate of something you already have. Yeah, so like Demon X Machina does this thing where you're like just picking up tons of things, and like most of them are useless. Armored Core is not a looter game at all. Um, it doesn't mm-hmm. do any loot. It's just like you want this part, you buy this part from the shop. If you don't want this part, you can sell it back and buy it for the same price. Um, just to like 
for menu decluttering purposes, I guess. I, I, I see no reason to sell anything. I'd just go replay a mission because you can replay any mission and get money for it. So um, it's not like particularly grindy mm. or anything, at least in my experience. I know if you want all the parts, which obviously is, is a goal, um, you might have to replay a couple of missions. But there's like one that people say you can do in like a minute and it'll give you this much and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way things work off of each other is what I kind of have to like tinker with because I've found a setup that I like, but I also am starting to feel it like it won't be useful for much longer because the game introduces an arena mode where you are fighting against other characters in the story in one-on-one fights in like a virtual arena. And for a while I was doing okay, but the battles are starting to take a little longer and I'm starting to lose a lot more to some of them. To where I'm like, okay, what do I need to change to make my build or playstyle better? Because no matter what you're changing, it always looks like something is being affected negatively. Even if you're buying new parts, I'm like, okay, how can I change this negative effect into Uh a positive effect? What parts do I have to combine? And that's kind of where I'd be like, okay, what do I need to do? Like looking at a guide, what's the best build for for this boss or this mission or whatever? Um, But that's kind of where I'm at. I'm... In the middle of chapter three, I think I have a mission coming up that's my first big like story decision because I know this game has multiple endings. It's got new game plus and new game plus plus, so you can try to get mm-hmm. all three. Um, but it does have multiple like branching paths at the point that I'm at. Um, I believe that I've, from what I'm reading, I'm about to be on one of the more harder bosses, but the hardest one is yet to come. But the helicopter the um the 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 like flying one i was talking about and uh-huh. the the sea spider are considered to be like the second third and fourth hardest bosses so uh-huh. like at least i have that much done with um there's been a few like i'm i'm more partial to the levels where you are like fighting against the infantry units or whatever versus the bosses because those can get frustrating um mm-hmm. i've always been like that with with these games but um yeah, overall, it, it's left a good first impression. I just unlocked the versus multiplayer. I haven't played any yet, but, like, this seems like... You have to beat the Sea Spider to get, you know, the multiplayer unlocked. So it yeah. feels like anybody who's unlocked the versus mode is really competent enough at the game to, like, hold their own in versus mode. It's not like the game just throws versus mode at anybody. It's like you have to get through Chapter 2 to do this, and that, like, is a feat in its own. So, so far, so good. All right. I mean, as not, you know, it could be... I understand that the bosses may be difficult, but i rather guess not have a very bad impression of a new game, especially one that's been waiting for this long i guess it's yeah. been a while since the last one when the fifth one came out when like 2013 PS, yeah like this was like when ps4 end of ps3 beginning of ps4 sort of so a whole generation basically oh yeah and that was verdict day so like armored mm-hmm. core 5 itself i think came out a few years before verdict day was like the sequel to 5 mm-hmm. um so like armored core 6 is actually the 14th game in the armored core Okay, <laughs> so, so, so it's one of those. It's actually the it's actually the fourteenth game. Um, yeah. That no, that's a, that seems like a, a headache. But I mean, like I said, it's good that you at least having very good impressions on it first try. Yeah. I'd rather not wait for something so long and just be like, oh wow, you know, it wasn't really worth really, like worth the wait or anything like that. Yeah, I feel like my opinion would be different 
if the the bosses did take me four hours mm-hmm. and I have and I wasn't as far because like the way I see it I'm probably close to around the 30 or 40 percent mark of like the story obviously there's a lot of stuff I haven't like really messed with yet like a lot of the parts customization because i've been really mm-hmm. loving my gatling gun my plasma missiles and my laser sword i've been running with that for as long as possible um but it just feels like eventually i'm gonna have to change something so hopefully there's like upgraded versions of these which it looks like they're you know adding upgraded versions of things so um my character's name is Gawain, and my mech is called the green knight because uh poems <laughs> Anyway, uh, that'll be Armored Core 6 for this week. We'll probably do a check-in here pretty soon. Um, Robert, we have a season finale of Pokemon Drip Black and White. Do we now? We do. And Black and White is unique in that it has two gym leaders that can show up at the at the end of the campaign. I think one shows up beforehand and one shows up afterwards. Uh-huh. There's some shenanigans with black and white's end game where you don't exactly fight the champion at the end you you fight a different character a different set of character you have a different kind of encounter that makes black and white very unique but for the eighth gym we'll have two characters we're looking at today we have dryden i think drayden dryden dryden Ryden. yeah it's drayden there we go drayden 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 <laughs> and <Yes>. iris <laughs> um so iris. let's go with drayden first uh i i We'll start off with, I like this outfit. I really do. I mean, I think it's pretty here. dope. <laughs> so Drayden has, like, he's got these, I think he's a dragon type user. He's got these suspenders over a white shirt. He's got some gray pants, but he's got that, like, Batman, whoa, whoa, whoa. like, classic Batman, or gray pants, I should say. He's he's a dragon type? I think he's a dragon type gym leader. What is this, Yu-Gi-Oh? Is he doing <laughs> dragon type? Dragon type? I could be wrong. It's been so long. Um, but he has those Batman classic style purple gloves and like the shoes to match with it. See, he has... See, now if he had a random, just random ammo pouch on his leg, now we talking if we had some random, you know, some random pouches. Some here, pockets. Pretty, some spare some pockets. pockets. <laughs> but uh, I'll just... I, I like it. I think I think it fits well. It's this. I mean, everything's tailored to his his shape of his body, so it all looks nice. Nothing. Yeah, too I never loose, knew, Nothing too tight. Like I never noticed how swole Drayden was. Oh, he's this dude's swole. This man. This man needs nothing but protein. Oh my god. He, he eats um, steak medium rare. And I know the beard kind of like goes up over his mouth, but there's something like it looks like dragon teeth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Cool. It's a dragon type. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I dig it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I like the, the colors uh, work well. Color. Yeah, it's it's got a little that little bit of muted purple along with the you know the green uh, the monochrome. Stone. Yeah, you got that the really, green stone. As, it really ties what are they it called? It's it's like one of those old. It's what are those? Is that what they call those a type brooch? Of ties? A brooch. Oh no, like yeah. a tie. Well, a brooch yeah, is see, like a necklace thing. But you see how it's it's one of those like medallion ties. Yeah, like those like like very like Texan style like ties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very, it's, like it's cowboy but it's a cowboy aesthetic sort of too i definitely think it's a winner like i'm gonna say like four it. out of five badoofs for me for drake i give it a four I, I would give it a solid four maybe go up maybe there's like maybe had a really nice like cool i don't want to get too quirky or corny but i really think a coat might really work with it if he just had a, like a coat see if oh, he had the lance dri- style cape he'd be even more of a dragon type Jimmy. yeah <laughs> 
Okay, so that's Drayden. We also have Iris. Um, the image mm-hmm. of Iris we're using is from her Black and White 2 design because mm-hmm. um, it's kind of the evolution of the Black and White 1 design. Obviously, there's a few gym leaders that we didn't do from 2 that we'll come back to at another time. Um, but Iris, I believe she... Like, I want to say she uses Fairy type, but I also know that she's the champion at some point and might use all types. Um, but that? she's got like a very big pink um, dress kimono type thing with see, purple accents. I like everything. It's a, it's, this one I also say is a pretty big winner. I like everything. The one thing that's bothering me is her finger. Look at her finger. Why is her pinky bending like that? I don't think pinkies <laughs> bend like that. It's bugging me. That is bugging me. I'm being serious. That is like bugging me. That's gotta be a fashion choice, right? For Pokemon. No, that pink, <laughs> she needs to go to a doctor to get that pinky check. His pinkies do not bend like that. I'm like over here trying to be like, can, like no. I think it's a perspective thing. I want to say. No, that is not a perspective. Okay, thing. it's I, the head cannon now that the the pinky is bending weird. <laughs> it's bending weird, but the outfit, the slippers, the outfit, the dress, the nice like silk kind of see-through cloak over her like shoulders or behind her neck and yeah. kind of go with the dress everything about it i like it i really do i think i think it matches with everything with the character i like it yeah um the purple hair definitely goes with the accents we have mm-hmm. in the background too um and it's just a cool look like it, it's a champion style like i know we're using the image of iris from when she is the champion but this is very much like somebody who you would look at in pokemon and go oh this person is definitely like a wielder of powerful Pokemon and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, Iris. Oh, is, I like this one. Um, I know she's like the main character with Ash in the black and white anime, and she kind of mm. like travels around with him. But yeah, it's very good. Um, I'm going to go with four and I'll a give half a solid four. out of five. Yeah, I, I give, give them both four? fours. Yeah, I give them all solid four around. They're, they're, I like them. Yeah. I dig so. Them. In, in summation, with black and white, I think we had, like, some relatively good designs here. Mm-hmm. Clay was probably the weakest. Um, and then, of course, the, the waiter trio, like, they were pretty plain, but they were dressed like waiters. But um, Clay was definitely the weakest, I think, um, being covered in, like, all of that, you know, singular color brown, yeah. cowboy brown. One, yeah. Um, honestly, like, Alesa's probably my favorite in in the grand scheme of things the electric type gym leader but like i mm-hmm. said she will have a redesign when we return to like black and white 2 um that is even better which is why i didn't give it the full 5 i don't think mm-hmm. i gave anything a full 5 Badoofs, very uh, this few season. um i think very few but they're coming um so that since we are at the end of a season of pokemon drip that means next week we have a launch lineup episode with a secret console or system we will be talking about the launch titles of do we know this yet no but you will know it next week um then after that we'll get into pokemon drip x and y uh getting into the 3ds generation anyway we have a few news stories um i know neither of us probably watched gamescom uh, no. There's a few things to talk about, but man, like, we gotta just mention, don't go up on, you know, don't oh, go rush this stage. That, oh, um, yeah, I forgot, I forgot that ha- Like, like this is the I second time in happened. a year that this has happened to Jeff on one of his shows. Not cool at all. So, so, I mean, Jeff is, seems to be one of the, like, the chillest host ever. Yeah. He seems to be down to earth, very chill very pretty much for the gamers he's pretty much like i'm cool with really really like 
He cares nice about giving the developers yeah. their time in the spotlight. Because no matter how big or small. Yeah, it's like it could be the biggest AAA, quadruple A game to the smallest indie developer, but if it's a game that seems interesting, he'll talk about it. I agree with everything. Don't interrupt the show. That is a very like not only is it very just kind of rude to everyone else, it's very dangerous because yes. I think now uh, security is definitely just going to be like put up very high now because it's happened twice in a row. So it's one of those things where everything is nice until someone ruins it. So I, I can see them in the near shows, like probably the end of this year's like Game Awards. Yeah. Them having a very tight security, having security pretty much like have maybe ha- even having like a fence or something uh, either human wall security or a fence preventing people that to just run up on stage because it's very it's not just rude it's very dangerous for both parties you never yeah. you know it's very dangerous so don't do that it is not the right way to put out your message uh especially towards someone who has no power to do with your message it's just kind of like what is Jeff Keighley going to do? Yeah, Jeff There's, Keighley there... doesn't have the power for Rockstar to release Grand Theft Auto 6. So assuming that he... Like, Jeff Keighley is here to, to, to spotlight the developers. Jeff Keighley doesn't work for Rockstar. So somebody coming up on stage and saying, we want to see Grand Theft Auto 6. It's like, that's not in Jeff's control. Leave him alone. It, it's not... And like I said, like I said, it's not only very rude. It's very dangerous. Don't do that. For, for everyone's safety, please don't do that. But I think... From the future now on, things will be completely different because that's twice in a row. I think maybe like it was the first time, whatever, just let it go. It's never going to happen again. But now that it seems to be like people have this idea to do it. Rockstar, I would say Rockstar is not, it was a very well-respected company in my opinion of how much stuff they released in the early 2000s. But since 2013, obviously since GTA 5 has dropped, I mean, they did give us Red Dead Redemption 2, but they, they didn't do much i've been on the very big boat that a lot of the online gta stuff should have just been single player dlc story mode stuff to expand the world but at the end of the day it's just sort of a response of why release gta 6 when gta 5 is just doing so well yeah it's not gonna make it because rockstar's like why it's, it's a Mario Kart 8 type situation. Yeah. Why compete with something that's just is doing so well? Because it, it's like, you guys seem to like it. You guys keep coming back every time we drop new things. If, if it was like, if GTA 5 online system or anything just plummeted and there's no one playing it, it's just a dead game. But all right, let's just release GTA 6 and no one's playing it. But because they're always releasing it, they're always doing something. It's just like, the game's doing financially fine for us. It's doing, you know, it seems that you guys like it, so we're just going to keep doing it. It's. Yeah. Sort of like the, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the power is in our hands, not in going up to a show and, and interrupting everyone's and, and kind of di- disrespecting everyone else's line, like spotlight and time and just being, you know, a very rude person. But if you don't want Rockstar to keep making GTA 5 updates or anything, just don't buy or get into the new stuff. And then when it doesn't work for them, they just release the next thing because it it's been long enough for yeah. where... It and obviously people aren't going to stop buying GTA 5. There's been no signs of slowdown when it sells mm. as many millions of copies a month as it still does. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, just, I don't know. I just think people really need to stop in the mindset of, well, I'm just one person. My one purchase won't stop. Like, it won't really. But the more and more people think like that, the more and more they eventually get, well, we sold 10,000 copies in the last, like, 20 
three like twenty four hours, so why stop? Like we'll we'll keep making more throughout the week. Yeah, it's like it, it makes sense, I guess, why Mario Kart is still on eight when it's still the highest selling game on Switch, even though it's a but, Wii U game. But the thing is, I will say that I guess Mario Kart eight just it it physically plays like a polished game. Like yes, it's like that's this game true. will not. <laughs> It, it feels brand new to there this are day, very like, few game games that can compare is, yeah. to mario kart 8 Where, deluxe i i think for the past like five years playing gta 5 after like you know i think since like the the diamond casino heist that i don't know how long that that update was but ever since has ever since then i realized i said you know what these controls are very outdated this is stuff that's like 2000 like this is definitely a 2013 game yeah. this cannot handle with a lot of the new stuff that's out already but like i said uh please yeah don't run up on stage don't be rude to other people's shows and like i said it was, probably will be different now yeah i don't know definitely don't do that <laughs> um so there's a few announcements they had little mm-hmm. nightmares three black myth wukong finally got mm-hmm. shown again after years so that's this is like giving me hope for like that phantom blade zero or stellar blade games that haven't been shown in a long time um tekken 8 got a january release date i did see that uh sonic superstars got an october 17th release date what a week that's gonna be um mm-hmm. seriously that's everything comes out that week um expedition a mud runner game i tossed that in there because i played snow runner and i'll talk about that at some point and they already announced the new diablo season um i have to wonder why they announced it so early probably because the reception to the first one hasn't been great but i just throw that in there because i talked about diablo not that long ago <laughs> um other news stories that we're gonna hit on this week um i think in just a just a few more um i have a mm-hmm. i have a list here but some of them like can wait um this is more gamescom stuff i believe night mm-hmm. dive studios responsible for the turok one and two you know remasters those really good ports turok 3 is finally coming and they've shown like what the cutscenes look like it's like they've completely redone them it really looks like it's gonna be a treat um but i was mm. like where's turok 3 all these years it's finally here and they are also doing star wars dark forces which is a 90s fps uh in the star wars universe and they've also kind of retouched up everything in that game as well um we can talk about a few of these things um, in, in more detail next week mm-hmm. um, after we do launch lineup because they're kind of like news of that's upcoming or currently going on. Um, but the, 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 the last thing we'll talk about this week is that uh, Charles Martinet will no longer be the voice of Mario. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Charles Martinet is not going to voice Mario anymore. So and everybody who everybody who oh. recognized the voice sounding different in the Mario Wonder trailer or the Wario uh, WarioWare trailer for Wario's voice, okay. they were right. It's a different voice. <laughs> um, my opinion on that is that some point every voice actor must retire. Yes, there they're working with him too. He's will... the Mario ambassador. Yeah. It's one of the things where the original, like, if you think, like, example, Shaggy's been around since, what, the, like, 60s, the 70s? It's yeah, not the, the same character? person voicing him throughout the years. And, yeah, it's Frank Welker. Uh, now, oh, no, Frank Welker was Fred. Never mind. Yeah, but I know you're I mean, it's, about. it was, um, what's it, Matthew... Lilliard? L- Matthew Lilliard was, was Shaggy in the live action that eventually voiced him in the cartoon show. I believe it's a new person. I think, it, like, they, you know, they... They got, but my point is, it's more or less, not only is it just, like, having people to have other opportunities to voice new characters in their sort of, like, 
they can practice their vocal range and try out new things and try characters that exist, new characters that don't exist. But it's like, at some point, people must be like, I've done this 50 years on now, 40 years. So, you know, I've like, I'm in my, I think it's about time for me to let this character go. Even though, you know, it's very close to my heart. Let, let me retire and just have someone else take the ropes and, and you know, voice a character. I think, obviously, the best outcome with Charles Martinet is where they kind of oversee who will re- kind of replace them. Where they'd be like, hey, instead of maybe doing this, you know, they give up partners. Like, they're kind of like their teacher. Do this, do this, or try this. Or, maybe, oh, I like that, that you did that better and stuff like that. So, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's sad to see someone who's voice a character, especially since Mario. He's years. been the only one. Yeah, the only one that ever existed. But, at some point, it is just kind of like, at some point, they will retire They'll pass it on to someone else, and at least they are having some type of input who will take over the spot, and that's the best thing they can do. Yeah, it's definitely, like, not, like, they're not on bad terms because Charles Martinet will be working with Nintendo as this Mario ambassador, and, like, he'll probably show up at places with Nintendo he as, still says, like, yeah. the voice of Mario. Like, they, this is legitimately, like, they're yeah. they're probably going to take care of this man for the rest of his life. Yeah, they, they he said that they still go to places and be like, yeah, I, I will still go to places and, you know, be Mario and, like, you know, I'll be, you know, the guy who, you're Mario, you know, he'll, he'll, so now it will be, like, instead of it, it will be Charles Martinet, the voice of Mario, it's Charles Martinet was my childhood Mario, and then we'll yeah. have a new Mario, and that will be another generation's Mario. My question is, the end-all be-all, Will one person voice Mario, Luigi, Wario, Waluigi, or will different people voice them? That's the question. See, the that's a question of, like, one person just having such a great range of character voices they yeah. can do. Because just because you can voice one character specifically very well does not mean you'll be on the same level as Charles Mornay where you can voice... Four and they all have the very distinct voices, yeah. those four. Luigi, I think it's Wario, I think Waluigi, yeah. Baby Mario. It's like it's like there's so many versions that he can do that, like I said, it will sort of, I can see maybe like one or two people, the max three voicing, maybe like one can voice two characters, the other one voices one, you know, the other one specifically or anything like that. But like I said, I think it'll just be something like that. Yeah, so that was a bit of a like surprising announcement but at the same time makes hey, sense it's been 32 maybe, years <laughs> maybe they get chris pratt to voice mario in the video games <laughs> that'd be funny hey guys it's me chris pratt <laughs> and i'm here as the new voice of mario <laughs> anyway um there's a few other news stories that we have a little like some more dense stuff to talk about um that we can bring up next week some stuff about destiny and mm-hmm. final shape some persona some mgs stuff some playstation stuff and whatever pops up but uh, i think that was probably the most important things for this week so for right now robert would mm-hmm. you say we've done an episode yep that should wrap it up all right we want to thank you guys so much for listening please follow us on <clears throat> x yeah. at markers on the map <laughs> Um, listen to us on Apple Podcasts where you can leave a five-star rating and review. Please subscribe and download an episode because every little bit helps. We are also on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And we do like to end every single episode with a world-famous video game quote. This is one of my personal favorites. You know, Ellie, we really are the Spider-Man friend or foe. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Later. Later.